pharmacist role has evolved to include things and activities such as medication prescribing and what you said, Nick, immunizations, right, and performing patient assessments. So, you know, I'm proud to say that we at PQS, right, we, we recognize the power of what the pharmacist can bring in caring for their communities and the scope and the breadth of their clinical training. You know, it's really time now for pharmacists to be recognized universally as providers, utilized to the full extent of their skills and reimbursed fairly for the quality care they provide. Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we believe that quality measurement leads to better outcomes. Let us become your go-to source for all things related to quality and medication use in healthcare. We will hit on trending health topics as they relate to performance measurements and find common ground for payers and practitioners. We will discuss how the Equip platform can help you with your performance goals, and we will also make sure to keep you up to date on pharmacy quality news. So buckle up and put your thinking cap on. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is your host, Nick Dorich, and we welcome you back to the PQS Quality Corner Show. In late February, our team at PQS was excited to announce that Nancy Chung was joining the PQS team as Chief Operating Officer. Previously, Nancy was the Vice President of Strategy and Business Development at HealthMart Atlas, working with independent pharmacies. And now that Nancy has been on board for a few weeks with the PQS team, we thought it was a good time to introduce her to our audience on the podcast. Now, the PQS team has worked with Nancy in her prior roles, but based on her work experience with other organizations and our own, we're glad to have her on board with our team. Nancy, we're now gonna bring you into this session and would like to know how you're doing today and how is your 2021 going so far? I'm doing well today, Nick. Thanks for asking. Um, as far as my 2021, I'm really fortunate to say that things have been going well so far. The family's been staying healthy and I've joined the incredible team here at PQS earlier this month. And in addition, 2021 is even better by the fact that more and more people are getting access to the COVID-19 vaccines. Great to hear, and uh, I certainly share your excitement with that last note. Uh, Now, before we do get into our conversation for today and get to know you, I'd like to get a little bit of your background. So can you provide us some information about your healthcare background and then about joining the PQS team? Sure, Nick. Um, So I grew up in a family, a family with doctors and nurses, so healthcare was always a part of my DNA and my education. Um, In the early part of my career, I was a consultant at Accenture in their health and life sciences group, um, where I had an amazing experience working with a variety of payers and providers and technology companies to improve the quality and efficiency of how healthcare is delivered. Just before joining PQS, I was with McKesson for almost 15 years. First, I was in the corporate strategy and business development group before transitioning into the business. Um, I held a few different roles with the HealthMart and Access Health organizations um, and with Those groups, I led strategy and other functions to support the evolution of community pharmacy toward high quality performance and clinical services delivery. Um, Joining the PQS team as a COO has been really a natural progression for me, given my previous experience managing various functions from strategy and data analytics to um, both project and product management. Excellent, thank you, Nancy. And again, we're very happy to have you on board with the PQS team. Our team at PQS is focused on medication use and optimizing the role of pharmacist and pharmacy. We're going to get into what excites you about that topic today, 
And as a quick reminder for those listeners, our agenda for these conversations is that we go through three primary topics or three questions that I'll ask of our guests, that being Nancy. Our guests will have a response. We may have some back and forth, and then we get to have a fun question at the end. So with today's conversation, we do want to start off talking about pharmacy. And Nancy, I know from experience that you are incredibly passionate about the role and opportunity of pharmacy. So in 2021, what does excite you about pharmacy? And do you happen to have some examples of pharmacy being a healthcare leader that excites you with regards to future opportunities? So, Nick, as you and I and others in the industry know, pharmacists are one of those providers that patients truly trust, and pharmacies are one of the uh, most accessible and convenient locations to receive care. Um, While pharmacists are still underutilized, I would say, generally as a profession, provider status has been expanding across the states, and, you know, this really presents future opportunities for pharmacies to deliver, you know, against a broader set of clinical services, such as point-of-care testing and ordering and administrating a broad range of vaccines. And when I think of pharmacists, right, they really are a critical member of the patient care team. And many have been leading the charge for years to deliver higher quality and uh, more accessible healthcare to their communities. So, you know, I have a couple of examples. Uh, You know, a pharmacist couple that I know in Georgia, right, they saw a need in their community years ago for a comprehensive diabetes management program. And this was before, you know, MTMs and CMRs were even a thing. And so these pharmacists that I knew, they took action and they developed a diabetes program to help their patients manage their care holistically, right? Not just, you know, one one medication, but really their entire care and looking at what they needed to manage um, their diabetes care. And to this day, these pharmacists are still considered healthcare leaders in their area. And they're often asked by their peers, you know, at trade shows and conferences, you know, they're asked, how do I get a program like yours started in my pharmacy? You know, in another example, our pharmacists that I know um, in the Midwest, they proactively partnered with a regional health plan to test if um, pharmacy interventions could lower the total cost of patient care. And so they ran a pilot with the health plan and the pilot was so successful in not just achieving results from a patient care perspective, but from a payer cost savings perspective that the payer expanded the pilot um, to a full value-based pharmacy program. And so when I think about the opportunities in 2021, you know, I think back to these pharmacists and others of their peers who are so inspiring, they're continuing to push innovation, they're continuing to do to do more to better serve their patient populations. And, you know, I'm really excited about what the future holds um, for pharmacy and the opportunities that will be presented. Nancy, I'll have a follow-up response here to pick your brain about those examples, because one thing that is frequently seen with pharmacy programs or other services, other ways that a pharmacist can be utilized, there's a lot of the conversation around the idea of the chicken and the egg. Do we need to build the program first and then we can get paid and market it and do outreach with patients, et cetera? Or do we start doing the program once we can be paid? And I think actually in in your examples that you shared, uh, it's a little bit of both. And so I wanted to see if you had any additional perspective and perhaps it's really just empowering pharmacists to be bold and to start providing services that are meaningful and documenting those because that's ultimately what shows value to the patients and to the payers. So any additional thoughts or recommendations you would have? I would say that the two have to go somewhat in tandem. And so pharmacists from a clinical standpoint already have the education to deliver a lot of these services, but they're not getting reimbursed for what for the work that they do. And so when I think about what pharmacists need to do is, is continuing to take the charge, working with their lo- local health plans and with their patients to create these programs. 
and demonstrating the value of the care that they already provide within their communities and to demonstrate the value that they bring to not just patient care, but to making healthcare run more efficiently and also helping the payer better manage their patients, right? At the end of the day, the payers are gonna look at, am I getting the quality of care that I need for my patients, as well as, is this a cost-effective method to delivering that care? And so we can't just wait for the reimbursement. We have to continue pushing and demonstrating our services and payers need to recognize pharmacists are delivering and they are helping to keep their patients healthy. I think we've seen a lot of that through the experience of the, the pandemic. And now that we're a few weeks or I guess a few months into pharmacists, community pharmacists providing immunizations, I don't think there's a day that goes by where, where there's not a news story about the incredible lengths that community pharmacists are going to uh, to help provide accessibility to their community, to their local community and to local businesses so that we can all get immunized and do so as quickly as, as possible. So Nancy, appreciate uh, the responses there. And our first question, we'll go ahead and move into our second question for today. And this is gonna be more about your role at PQS. At the PQS team, we've got a lot of new projects, a lot of new items that are lining up and some that we're gonna be very excited to talk about in 2021 and some maybe a little bit more long-term as well. But for you and your opportunity coming in as the chief operating officer, what are you looking forward to in 2021 uh, in your role as the PQS team? Are there things you're hoping to achieve or accomplish? And uh, certainly understand that you'll you want to share some good thoughts after being on the team for just a couple of weeks. But just looking forward to uh, what you can share. Yes, Nick, there are a lot of exciting projects in the work at PQS. Um, some are focused on advancing our quality measurement offerings that we have in place today and expanding on those and others are continuing to expand upon kind of operational capabilities to accommodate the growth that we've been experiencing at PQS. So a few things that make me really excited. One, you know, we're making enhancements to our new version of Equip, which will not only improve the user experience with the tool, but also allow for more rapid deployment of features and functionality. And these are things that our clients and partners have been asking for. We continue to support more outcomes and value-based programs on Equip by moving beyond adherence measures to include HEDIS measures that impact the medical benefit. And this is of particular significance as payers continue to look for opportunities to partner with pharmacies to support patients in managing their overall health. On the operations front, I have to first say that I've been quite impressed with the highly robust data security protocols and infrastructure that is already in place at PQS. The team continues to do an excellent job in maintaining rigor and diligence around data privacy and security. So when I think about my goals and what's coming up for 2021, you know, my goals are really focused on supporting the team and continuing to develop and implement um, the right frameworks and processes to allow for measured growth, right? So we wanna make sure that as we grow, we continue to build out the right infrastructure. I'll work with the team to clarify our strategy and objectives, operationalized performance dashboards um, to drive efficiency of the team and to keep the team organized to deliver against our priorities. A couple of other things, I'll focus on strategic initiatives, expanding PQS's scope of outcomes and value-based programs, as well as um, focus on growth initiatives that we're looking at in new market areas. And also this year, we're also refreshing PQS's brand um, really to reflect the momentum and growth that the company has been experiencing and the new areas that we're moving into. There's so much happening at PQS and there's more that the broader team's working on and all are really great initiatives and a kind of exciting outcomes for our customers and partners. 
and I'll work with the team to continue to stay focused on our priorities and deliver the high quality products that our customers and partners expect from PQS. Nancy, I share your optimism and excitement about other measure sets and outcomes-based measures. We've certainly been been going towards that arena uh, with hemoglobin A1C and looking for expansion with that area. That's an area that, again, I'm most excited. Pharmacists can manage and are the medication expert, but best use of medication isn't necessarily seen with just how the medication is used. It's how that patient is and their health outcomes are in total, how that becomes evaluated. So to me, that's the most exciting part, but I'm a pharmacist uh, by background, so I may be a little biased. Uh, we'll go ahead, move to our third question. And uh, this one's going to be a, a little bit more contemporary. We know that pharmacists are actively involved with the COVID-19 response, and most importantly now with vaccine appointments and administration. We've already referenced that a few times here. Um, but can, can you expand on this? And again, your background is pretty unique working with pharmacies and the value proposition of pharmacy, working with, with payers and other stakeholders. What is pharmacy's response to COVID-19? What does it tell you about how pharmacists can be better utilized with, with payers, with other providers, and of course, to the general public. During the pandemic, pharmacists have been at the front line supporting patients, right, during this pandemic, as they, ha as they have had in other public health emergencies. You know, they've been setting up mobile testing sites, they're educating their patients on how to stay safe during the crisis. You know, they're helping their patients um, with understanding where to get their vaccines and helping to administer the vaccines. They've also been doing things like virtual consults and things like medication home delivery to help their most vulnerable patients stay healthy and to provide that convenience during, especially during the stay at home ordinances. So when I view pharmacists and what they've been doing with every public health emergency and in our current pandemic, what I see is that pharmacists can do so much but they are grossly underutilized as a profession, right? And they have the training and education to do so much more than what they're being reimbursed for today. You know, state laws vary in the types of care and the types of patients that pharmacies can, can serve. And Medicare Part D still doesn't recognize pharmacists as provider. So that creates reimbursement hurdles for pharmacists providing things like emergency care. And also the pharmacist role has evolved to include things and activities such as medication prescribing and what you said, Nick, immunizations, right? And performing patient assessments. So, you know, I'm proud to say that we at PQS, right? We, we recognize the power of what the pharmacist can bring in caring for their communities and the scope and the breadth of their clinical training. You know, it's really time now for pharmacists to be recognized universally as providers utilized to the full extent of their skills and reimburse fairly for the quality care they provide. To a certain extent there, Nancy, it sounds like the idea that pharmacists can manage and do more during an emergency situation, a pandemic situation, it really asks the question, well, if pharmacists can do it then, what's the barrier when things are normal, right? We <laughs> Pharmacists, if they can do it when everything is on high alert, really provides a good opportunity to say that pharmacists should be able to do this kind of patient management at all times. Is that is that what you're thinking? is in the situation? Yes, I mean, when we when we look back to previous public health crises that we've had, such as SARS and MERS, right, the scope of what the pharmacists can do had expanded, right, because they were needed, they were at the front lines, they are the most accessible provider to the patients. And so from there, it's demonstrating to the states and to the federal regulatory bodies that pharmacists can deliver. And so we, we tend to see after these types of public health emergencies, 
the scope of practice and the focus on pharmacies to, to doing more and being able to deliver more has expanded. And so that's why with COVID-19, the fact that pharmacists have been helping through the pandemic, helping to vaccinate the populations and creating that accessibility. What I hope is to see the momentum continue and that push to viewing the pharmacist as a provider and as a, a true part of the patient care team to be uniform and across all 50 states. Nancy, thanks for that. And uh, really appreciate that kind of call to arms, if you will, around the excitement for pharmacy and what the road ahead is going to look like. Nancy, I, I do want to thank you again for being with today's episode. When you joined the team, I was certainly looking forward to having you on board for a podcast recording at some point. Did not think it would be so soon, but of course, <laughs> this is the first. We may have you back multiple times in the future, uh, especially as we have exciting updates. I, I'm, I'm sure you'll be involved with a lot of the work here on the PQS team. Now, at this juncture in the podcast, it is where we typically take a little bit of a tangent into a question that is perhaps more fun or unique for our guest. Uh, and one thing that for us at PQS that we've learned is that you are someone that likes to travel and that may be restricted here and now, but maybe can you tell us a little bit about some of your favorite places you've traveled to or places that you would like to visit when we are able to travel again? And uh, if you are able to work any unique pharmacy stories into your past travels, that will award you bonus points. So if you've got any unique travel stories or places that you'd like, we'd love to hear that now. Sounds good, Nick. Um, I do love to travel. I've been in over 20 countries. And I do have to say, though, most of my travels have been um, pre-kids. So I've been slowed down a little bit by by my two very active boys. But been to over 20 countries. And while I've enjoyed each and every one of them, I would say one of the more unique places that I visited is Egypt. So my husband and I went there back in 2009, and we were just in awe of how ancient and rich and deep Egypt's history is. I mean, this is a country, right, going back almost 30 centuries. And what was also amazing was just the access to all the sites that we had, like being able to go just as normal tourists, being able to go up close to the pyramids, being able to go down and see King Tut's tomb, right? And we were visiting um, Cairo when it was still the old Cairo Museum. So it was crammed and jam-packed with all these artifacts. So I'm walking in a little hallway and there's just a mummy casing next to me, just hanging out there in the hallway. So that was pretty amazing. I would say the place that I visited several times, which I love, and my and we brought my kids there as well, is Italy. So my husband's half Italian, and you know, so my kids are part Italian. We thought it would it would be great to to get the kids out there and the family out there as well and connect with the roots. I love Italy because it has that right balance of history, city life, and the beautiful landscapes that just appeals to me. You know, and the people are also incredibly friendly. And, you know, I love food. And so, you know, there's nothing like Italian food and a good glass of Chianti, right, to end your day. So you asked me to work in some pharmacy stories. So what I would say is, so the most unique pharmacy that I visited on my travels is called the Old Pharmacy at Franciscan Monastery. And that's a pharmacy in Croatia. So it's considered one of the oldest pharmacies in Europe. And it was started as a pharmacy just for the Franciscan friars before it opened up later, right, to serve the general community. The pharmacy is located in this beautiful setting. It's in this walled city of Dubrovnik, um, which is right in the Aegean Sea. And, it, and this pharmacy just has a feel of an olden day apothecary. You know, I can imagine the old Franciscan friars or old Franciscan pharmacists, right, using secret ingredients and secret recipes to make 
to make up some of the the medicines. And so it's been amazing having the opportunity to travel. And I look forward to um, travel resuming at some point, maybe not 2021, but next year. Thanks, Nancy. Um, so my last name, Dorich, happens to be a Croatian name. And uh, so I'll have to, it's been on my list of countries to visit. And uh, I'll have to add that pharmacy now on to my to-do list from the heritage standpoint, but the pharmacy career. And, and as you'd mentioned with the uh, trip to Italy. I have to imagine for your boys in particular, pizza in Italy was probably a lot different than they were pizza they'd be used to here in the United States. And we got to make pizza and gelato, which I think was the highlight of their trip. That I think most people would agree with as a uh, benefit for the trip. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Nancy, one last item for you today since we've covered that. And thank you for your responses on the travel. If our listeners have any questions for you or they want to reach out or learn more about the PQS team, is there a best way that they can contact you? So I always like to hear from our customers and to hear feedback and new ideas of how we could be better. You can find my information as well as the other PQS team members on our company website at pharmacyquality.com. Excellent. Well, Nancy, again, thank you for joining on today's show. It's the first time, and I hope it won't be the last time that we get to have you come and join our team and certainly know that you have no problem talking and speaking with pharmacists and that you're very motivational about the great things that pharmacists do. So appreciate that. Now, a, a message for our listeners, and this is going to be one of our last episodes in March. And in April, we're going to be turning our conversation in our podcast series to focus on opioid management, something that's a very relevant and interesting conversation. So uh, we will be returning to a clinical topic for the next four or five weeks, and we hope you enjoy that information. So until then... Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode of the Quality Corner Show. And additionally, if you have a question or topic, be it on opioid management or on a future uh, topic for clinical conversation, please let us know. You can contact us at info at pharmacyquality.com or you can DM us directly on Twitter at pharmacyquality. With that, we appreciate you listening to the Quality Corner Show. And there is one final message from the PQS team. The Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show has a request for you. Our goal is to spread the word about how quality measurement can help improve health outcomes, and we need your help in sharing this podcast to friends and colleagues in the healthcare industry. We also want you to provide feedback, ask us questions, and suggest health topics you'd like to see covered. If you are a health expert and you want to contribute to the show or even talk on the show, please contact us. You can email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind, what we can address so that you are fully informed. We want you to be able to provide the best care for your patients and members, and we wish all of you listeners out there well.